it's time to get uh that was fun right? that was fun you, you you know uh you know that group i do people don't know this but actually uh at one time in college i had my own radio show too okay yeah that was one of the things uh we were gonna get into mm-hmm. uh well that was it you you had your own radio show yeah. and in college From, and that's uh, two different that's one topic into two right there which is great radio and college mm-hmm. and, and uh Tell us about that. Okay, so uh, me and my two best friends from uh, high school who I also went to college with, who I'm still friends with today, uh, there was a local radio station, in, at Dave, I went to UC Davis, and uh, the radio station was called KDVS, and it was just a bunch of like, um, they had like a whole repository of records and CDs and just whatever, and we, we would listen to it every now and then, and hear all the, the DJs having their own show, and we thought to ourselves, we could do this too. You know, these yeah, guys like are right these guys are yeah. a bunch of fools. We could be a bunch of fools too. So, uh, luckily, we had a lot of experience in being idiots. So it was perfect for us. And we just did the, the required volunteer hours, and we had our own show from uh, three to six a.m. So, <laughs> wow, three hours. Yeah, at, yeah, I remember in those the middle days. Of the night, like I actually had to go to bed and then get up and then go do the show with with them and. Uh, the next day, I would go to class like normal, and I'd be head on the desk, sound so, asleep, not paying attention to any of my lectures, because I didn't sleep a wink all night. So you still graduated, great, right? I, I still graduated somehow. Yes, I did. Somehow, that sounds, <laughs> somehow, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that uh, wow, there's two different things that I want to talk about. Uh, but uh, yeah, you well first uh, the ra- radio show that you said three hours. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Because I, I did three hours be- before uh, I, I came over here. Yeah, um, I did three hours for uh, at least a, a year, and it. I just wanted to challenge myself, and uh, I, I just went by when you're not thinking about it. When you're not, I think two hours you got you got to wrap it up. You got a certain time limit. How how did you make three hours work? Okay, so our our show is primarily music and we would do uh, dumb little skits too that we would create and write ourselves yeah. so that would take up some time uh, but we would have to go in beforehand and pick out records to play and every every uh, and pick out songs from those records and it was a challenge because you had to find good songs to, to play you know you could beforehand just, yeah I'd probably, we, we'd probably listen to about like four or five different uh, uh, albums and, and records before you could pick out one or two good songs from that and then you do that over and over and over again until you had enough music and, and stuff to fill up three hours. Uh, towards the end, if we were getting short on time before our radio our show started, we would just pick uh, a long, a long ass uh, electronic techno song, which would be like 15 minutes long, and that would take care of like you know a twelfth of our show right there. So one of my favorite songs that I actually encountered doing that was a. Uh, was a track by a, a group called Underworld. I don't know if you ever heard of that band before. Underworld. Never heard of them. Okay, they're from. Uh, so they're so from I like it already. Yeah, yeah. They're still around. They've been around for like 25, 30 years. But there was a song from the album uh, Second Toughest in the Infants, uh, re- released in 1996. There was a song, this opening track called Infants. One, Second Toughest in the Infants. The name is kind of bizarre. Um, yeah, like Little Babies. Yeah, Little okay. Babies, yeah. Uh, but, and I'll get back to that later. But the opening track from that album is called Juanita Kitelis to Dream of Love. It's a 16-minute song, and it's like uh, one of my favorite songs, even today. 
And uh, if I was in a pinch or uh, a bind for finding a, enough music to fill up the show, I'd just put that song on and then that would take care of like a twelfth of the show. Yeah. yeah, so I could just picture uh, like a movie could be uh, really boring if it's long, right. but it depends on how, uh, if it's entertaining to where you're like, wow, that I ended up staying that long. I didn't expect that. Music, uh, I think what could make a revive in here on uh, what could make a great long track is if you could tell that they're just in the zone. Right. Like, I, I think Led Zeppelin does tracks like that. Right. What, what, what made it great to you that it was 16 minutes long? Well, it was what, kind what of a song in three that? movements, you know, uh, I suppose. So, it kept getting better. Okay. Yeah, it would, like, change. Like, uh, it, it would change, uh, you know, throughout the song. And, you know, one, I guess, movement or whatever you call it would end, and then the next one would start. And then the, first, the music from the first movement would come back into the middle, and then it would move on to the third movement, and then it would all kind of wrap up at the end and then kind of, like trail off you know um i, I guess like uh you you mentioned uh led zeppelin and how they kind of would kind of go into these uh yeah like these long, long jams i suppose it's kind of the same thing but um for uh for that band for electronic music so. yeah well, what made it good was uh like stairway to heaven mm -hmm. listening to the track and then all of a sudden it just they just get higher and more momentum going. So, yeah, I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Is, is three different parts. Yeah. And it doesn't all sound the same. And so they were like, you know what, let's just keep on going. Yeah. Another, another great album. I know we're kind of like talking about music, which yeah, is, yeah, I love. Is good. Um, yeah. Another great uh, uh, song like that or track is uh, a band called Yola Tango. They're not electronic. They're like a uh, indie rock band. Okay. Also been around yeah. for about 35, 40 years, I guess. And uh, they made an album in 2000 called And Then Nothing Turned Itself Inside Out. And the last track is called Night Falls on Hoboken. It's a 17 and a half minute long song. I've heard song. of that one. You've, you've heard of that one? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great album. It's very mellow. It's kind of like uh, the same thing. It kind of like goes on and on, but it's it just seems to... I, I don't know. If you if you understand it, it's it's a great song. What if people just made? What I hate is EPs. People keep making EPs these days, and like five songs. What if it, it wasn't quite an EP? It was just one long song, uh, and they just didn't break it up into five different songs. It, I, I think people have tried to do that before. Actually, I, I, I mean, to me, uh, a great. And here's the problem with music nowadays: is yeah. nobody makes albums anymore. Mm. It's always singles or or like eps people aren't going to buy it. people are just going to stream it they're just going right. to look it up online so that's why people i've seen artists and i'm like man this guy's great uh, he's been around for decades mm -hmm. but never come out with an actual like a uh, whole project yeah just just like okay this guy's an artist i guess yeah um and that's, I think, kind of the disadvantage of the music nowadays is it's not, you, you don't really go to the store anymore and buy an album or like a record or a CD. Uh, you just download off the internet. Whereas in the you know, older days, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you would buy an album on vinyl or, or, uh, or a CD and you put it in the player and you would kind of be forced to listen to it. Yeah. You know, uh, if you had a record player and you put the record into the record player, you couldn't just with the remote control click ahead on the tracks you actually had to put it on and sit there and listen to it because it kind of takes a lot of work to get up and 
you know, move the needle to the... Yeah, it forces you to listen to it. It forces you to listen to it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to have a bunch of albums. Uh, uh, my aunt st stole all of them. Oh. Uh, he said, uh, <laughs> Rupert Holmes, uh, the Pina Colada song guy. If you let Pina Yeah. <laughs> he did a song called Him, but I no heard. one... Uh, no one, uh, I don't think, thinks about that song. Is it mm. him, 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 what you, yeah. And uh, I, it's kind of weird. I, I did have uh, the village people. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's uh, fine. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's okay to admit to that. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of tracks. Well, it was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. Oh, B.J. Thomas. B.J. Thomas. I had a record of him. I saw him in, in concert at the San Mateo County Fair, too. Along, uh, not along with Johnny Cash. I mean, I saw him also okay. a different day. I don't really know B.J. Thomas. I think I've heard the name. I don't really know. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I do know that one now. Yeah. Great guy. Like, back then, they seemed like great people. Yeah. They weren't just trying to make that, that money. It, I think there was more art. To music uh, back then, in in some in some ways, people were. Uh, I think they had more freedom to be experimental. You know, music wasn't looked on so much as a commodity; it was looked on more as a way to uh, express yourself or try things try things new. Like I think Pink, and I'm like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh yeah. Or or somebody like Bob Dylan or David Bowie, they might have trouble existing today. You know, because they went in some pretty far out directions with their music. Are people going to pay attention too? Because those are kind of like you're saying long songs. Well, even if the song wasn't long, it took you into a different world. Like, uh, yeah, uh, David Bowie. Yeah, I, uh, I, I forgot that song again. Uh, I got, I got, I got to listen to it. You know, the astronaut one. Uh, uh, ground control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space. Gosh, that's one of them. Yeah. It's, a, it's one of my favorite songs, and I forgot it. Uh, that takes you into a different world. Like, it is a long song, but it is, it's just that's what you get from the long song. It's just taking you into another world. Yeah. It's, I think it's about a five-and-a-half-minute song or something. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I But it, it is, versions. I mean, it was actually released, I think, in 1968 or 1969. And uh, back in those days, the average song was, like, not any more than three minutes, you know? They were all kind of short pop songs. And he, yeah, I think he added some extra minutes on there. He yeah. did, yeah. yeah. The Pink Floyd, yeah. Another Brick in the Wall. Was that a long one? Cause, um, I, mean, I don't know if that was... I think that was a, a, you know, an average-sized one, but it, it had like a reprise in, yeah. in the album. So like, you would hear it in the album, and then it would come Because I don't even notice how long these songs are. It just, it just gives you that, l that long appeal. Not the boredom, but uh, the reason we like longer songs is because it just takes you into that that another world it can yeah it can and i i think that um that began to happen in the 70s and then there was at some point in the 70s i wish i were there i, I was born in 78 so i was there but i was like too young to know what it was, that was okay going on. <laughs> you know but um yeah to look back okay yeah i i think that like uh in the 70s, there was a trend towards that direction, and then uh, it began to get a little bit self-indulgent sometimes. Like, sometimes artists would, like, just take, you know, go on yeah. writing long songs just for the sake of writing long songs. And then you had, I think, the emergence of the punk movement 
and that came back in, and the Ramones. The know, Ramones, they, yeah. They were the, I like the Ramones. They were the, like they were the uh, direct opposite. They wrote two minute song, two minute long songs. In fact, there is a uh, a story by one of them who said, uh, you know, when they were going on to record producers at first, you know, the, the Ramones, they would perform in front of these record producers, and uh, they would always like they, they all hated the Ramones. They all hated them. And one record producer said, I would have walked out on them, but they were done before I could get up. There you go. I mean, hell, if you could do 50 songs on an album of two-minute songs, that sounds good to me. Yeah. As long as you put more songs in there. Yeah, they could cram 14 songs into like 30, a half-hour album. Yeah. I mean, some people probably would have walked out on November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, did, yeah. did, did you find that worth the minutes? Um, I'm not a huge Guns N' Roses fan. Uh, I, I, I think that song is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it could have been a little shorter. Yeah. They were going for that, I think, maybe Led Zeppelin appeal. Were they they going to try and go, go, for go harder with it when it, go, it gets longer? And no. Basically, they were trying to write Stairway to Heaven uh, Part 2. I yeah. could see that. And I like it, but, yeah. uh, but it wasn't... I don't think it was played off the way they wanted. But I think yeah. it was... It, it got uh, appreciated as the, one of the longest songs only because I, I, I don't think uh, at the time, I think people didn't look at the other long songs uh, before that because it's like been a while since someone did a long song. Yeah, well, there's, a, there's actually one long song by a guy that you wouldn't expect, uh, mm. Elton John. He wrote a song from uh, Goodbye Yellowbrook Road. It was the intro song to that album. It was, I think it was called Funeral, Funeral for a Friend of Love Lies Bleeding. And it was oh, an 11-minute okay. long song with two parts. And I think that's one of the longest songs that actually does receive relatively reg- regular radio airplay. Wow. Yeah. And it's, is it, so it's broken up, broken up or is it just... Well, it's like, uh, it's like one song, but it's like in two parts, I guess. There's a, a very, very long intro. Okay, so yeah. it gives people the option. All right, well, I heard part one. I'm yeah. gonna hear the second part later. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so you were growing up on more. Uh, what, so what would you say your your music taste is more? Uh, I'm getting like a Green Day vibe or uh, Green Day. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I actually never really liked Green Day a whole lot. Really? Okay, yeah, good. I, I was just say that, but bringing that up because uh, although I did go to, I Gilman's. felt safer there. Uh, I don't really care for them either, but I felt safe saying Green Day. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I, I have heard that before. But I do kind of like, uh, um, yeah. I, I, when I was in high school, I would go to, to Gilman's, which is a club in Berkeley. I'm not sure if it still exists. Uh, I, I think it does. Oh, it does. But I don't cross the bridge that much. Yeah, I, I think from what I've heard, it's still there. Okay, it's pretty historical. From, like, um, from yeah, it, it probably is. I mean, like I think that like Green to- Day used to play there. I know that for for a fact in the eighties, nineties, and then they got big in the you know, yeah. They're they're pretty popular out here, and good for them that we appreciate the people that came from out here. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Um, I like that twenty one, twenty one, that one. Uh, twenty one guns or something or. Did you, you know that song? 21 something. See, see, that's what I mean. Like, their songs are very, uh, they have like one catchy song on each album. Yeah. And then you're like, zone them out again. Yeah. Uh, oh, when I come around? Okay. Mm-hmm. Someone gave me that, that 
that project they came out with and that was it for me just that one song i mean they are very uh would you say they're commercialized uh but try to act punk like american idiot very uh was it very badass revolutionary hey hey pump my fist or was it just i'm commercialized but i want to be badass oof that's that's a tough question um, <laughs> i think uh green day you know they they found a formula which kind of makes some money and they stuck with it you know that that's that's what i can i can say uh, what do you say dennis is they suck they yeah. they they do why, why don't people why don't more people say they suck i mean uh, or is it just because people want to hold their uh i feel like they have well they're not uh, talked about anymore huh yeah okay they're, yeah they're not so i think mm-hmm. i think we as a society currently have decided that they uh they suck. That's when we don't talk about them anymore. Well, I mean, it's not. It's not just because certain. Well, okay, maybe. Uh, well, okay. If you die off, that that's different than actual dying, I guess. Because like the artists, we could talk about uh, a lot of them died, but there's still someone we could keep talking about. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, what? it's that saying. Like, is it better to to? I don't. I can't remember how it goes exactly, but is it better to? die at your peak than to fade away and die slowly like if if like kurt cobain right now i mean he's so i still love him memorialized because he he did go out at his peak if he didn't die would he have turned into another green day i don't know i mean yeah yeah because there is no one like him i guess uh, because uh dave dave Grohl, i'm just like man it's okay man he's okay but he's Okay, I like your taste of music. I think we're vibing here. Yeah. Is, uh, I mean, I'm just like, you came from Nirvana. And that's yeah. what you got to offer us? I mean, you, you seem know what, very And you know the weird safe. part is? Is like, so it was Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic, and uh, Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And I think that, like, it just kind of shows you how, <laughs> when you get older, how people grow up, how interesting it can be sometimes the person you turn into is I think that Chris Novoselic is now like a congressman or something or something. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I in Washington. Don't know too much about that, but I know that you're right, uh, because I've seen those shows where they say where where are they at now? And that's what he's doing. Yeah. I don't really know what he believes in and all that. Yeah. But I think they cut off that uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When they want to talk about the music, they just this is what they're doing now. All right. Yeah. Next part. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, they. So they they've all, besides Kurt Cobain, uh, may, maybe you know it, it's weird. It, destiny happens because I wonder if it would have happened where he'd be one of those suits too, or or he died off and now they're all suits. Um, and he was the only like real badass dude there, like mm-hmm. rocking out. Because everyone else seems like a bunch of suits now. Like Dave Grohl, when he rocks out, I mean, well, it's just like he seems like a music industry guy. Even though he'll, he'll you know, he might not say it. I, I do prefer him uh, now, and uh, now that he's uh, the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees? What? Yeah, he, he only he tours as a Bee Gees act now. Uh, I didn't know this. Unless he, I mean, he was uh, last I last I saw. Him. It's, you know, I was like, Wait, oh. are you saying that he's in the background band for? He's, he's singing BG songs. Oh, he is. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I like, uh, I kind of like his music now. Yeah. Uh, in, in some ways, he's kind of approaches like, I'm old, 
I don't give a crap anymore. I'm going to play whatever song I want. Yeah, I, I, if I want to play, uh, you know, Superstar by the Carpenters, uh, then then I'm going to play Superstar. I would by the appreciate him more because uh, you know he's very like Nickelback-ish with his rock. He's very uh, safe. He's very not uh, trying to rock out like Kurt Cobain was. Well. I want to see you just I'm learning to fly not you know you depress me because I learned I tried to learn how to fly and after three lessons I was like this is expensive you know oh flying it like an actual like take flight lessons like a Cessna Cessna yeah but, but he sang that song learning to fly it was like learning to fly right he's saying it's look, learning to fly or what is it uh, that video where he's in an airplane I didn't see that, see that one. Okay, yeah. See, his songs don't motivate, uh, I don't think. Yeah, it's like... That's uh, what I'm saying. Like, his songs aren't very motivating. And no, they're like, kind of like the, uh, the, um, the diary of a middle-aged man set to music. All of them. Yeah, even when he... Yeah, when having he... A party with the, having a birthday party with the kids, inviting over all the neighbors gonna have And I pinata. feel like he's that guy. He yeah. is that guy. He just, after Nirvana... He did what he could, and he uh, he probably was that afterwards the whole time. Probably yeah, I like, know. Yeah. Well, we all we all grow up, or you know, I, I guess it's it's okay to grow up. Just don't grow old. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been talking about. Uh, I think people get confused with uh, you know when I see people acting immature. I'm like, man, how how old is this person? Yeah. It you know it's cool to grow up, grow up, but just. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to be lame. It's, yeah, exactly. it, it can actually be kind of fun. You're like, oh, yeah. it's cool. I don't, yeah. I don't like doing crazy stuff anymore. I could, I could enjoy a beer and not get drunk. Mm -hmm. That's, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, waking up in a bush is not, not cool. Yeah, especially if it's a berry bush, because they have thorns. But you got something to eat when you wake up. That, that is true. Uh, Unless it's, you know, they're not ripe. I mean, then that that does doubly suck again. Hey, man, that's. That's living it up. Well, it's in the flower stage, and it hasn't even had a fruit to bear yet. Well, that's living on the edge. That is living on the it's edge. It's like uh, I was at work the uh, the other day, and I, I was eating like candy, and I was telling people, "Yeah, I have diabetes," and they just I just wanted people to think I was really. Did you say it like uh, Wilford Brimley says it, like diabetes? No, oh. but now I should. Because, you know, they've got us wearing the masks, so that'd be even more funny to make other voices. Yeah, um, diabetes. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, with all these platforms of music, mm -hmm. now we're getting uh, people against the Spotify now. Right? Oh yeah, that's a that's a whole other thing too. Is the uh, the Joe Rogan thing, you know? Well, uh, it's, it's so. I mean, weird. I'll, I'll tell you like right now, like I, I'm 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 on the Joe Rogan side on this, you know? I yeah. Am. Let him let him say what he wants to say, and it's not like I've heard Joe Rogan a few times, you know, and he's not like so much a guy that's advocating for a certain stance or whatever he's just a guy asking questions to various people yeah i don't even really listen to the guy that much yeah. but, you know it, it's funny yeah cancel goes both ways it does you know i mean yeah. uh, you're not yeah. very uh, badass if you want to cancel people <laughs> yeah yeah go cancel them i mean uh, cancel them by your words uh i mean by try your like, self-expressing like yourself fight, you know if you think joe rogan's so wrong sing a song against him Sing a right? song against Joe Rogan, like call it No Rogan or something. There you go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not very badass to be, you know, to go t t 
stick it to the men for uh, somebody else to get canceled. Uh, that's not really sticking it quite to the men. You, I mean, uh, I think they're kind of screwing themselves over. Because yeah. like how and this, this oh, is this is my like and I, I, you know if you don't mind, yeah. I'm going to make a okay, little bit yeah. of a transition here, but we can always come back. Is uh, this is my big beef with a lot of stuff that's going on today in, in like uh, in politics and society is I feel like and if you don't mind me saying so okay, the, yeah, progress, the, uber, the uber progressive left is the one who are the, the, the police of what you say and what you think they're the ones who are like very very offended at everything so easily and it's more of the, uh, the moderates and the rights who are the ones that are saying let's just you know let people be people let's yeah, I mean, because people say what they want. What happened with uh, Whoopi? Like, uh, there were, I mean, there, sure, there were some conservatives that wanted her gone too, but it wasn't, you don't, you didn't really see the big uproar. It just, it was a little disgusting because uh, these are the people canceling other people. Yeah. And, uh, and here they go being hypocritical. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw what she said on, uh, on YouTube, and yeah, it was, it was a dumb thing to say, you know? But, I think but he, as far as, like, canceling her, no. We all have the right to say dumb things. Yeah, know? I mean, we should. Uh, yeah. But they, they always want to cancel people. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's what is disgusting, that, you know, uh, it shows who's, who's kind of privileged in uh, politics, I guess, when uh, when she doesn't get canceled. I think that's, that's the thing. I, I don't care if she, you know, gets canceled. I'm just saying it just does seem a little privileged in politics where these people could say whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And no one's like, cancel, cancel. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's who you know really has the power is uh, who is allowed to say like if you're allowed to speak against uh, somebody else, but you're not allowed to speak against another group of people. Yeah, those are the ones who are have who have the power in politics. You know, I you know did, would you say progressives in general kind of uh, just thumbs down? I mean, uh, yeah, because okay, because I got a more conservative. You're conservative yourself you see more uh, but but uh, independent thinking no well i mean that right? I, you know i i ran for uh, for office in 2020 i ran for uh, district 7 supervisor yeah and i ran as a uh, republican i still am a republican there you go uh, i am but the thing is it's never been about the party you know i don't come representing the party of republican you know that, that's you know i come representing you know, the ideas that I put forth. That uh, sounds and, like a real the party kind of like is there, there to yeah. kind of help support me. Uh, and I mean, I, I could tell you uh, for certain that uh, you know the uh, ideas that I espouse: common sense, uh, you know, freedom of speech, uh, private property rights, you know, safe streets, no crime, uh, all, all those kinds of things. Those really aren't right-wing ideas. I mean, they. I mean, they shouldn't be. <laughs> no, they shouldn't be. Uh, Those are what I feel like are very moderate ideas. We we do need common sense. I I realize it seems like the conservative party is the only one that's broken up, uh, and they want to be independent. But it seems like in the because I okay, I've seen protests against these uh, things like mandates and all that. Mm -hmm. But it's like I'm like. I want to I wanna join too, but no, no, I get turned away. I turn myself away because I will see them just letting anybody in. Um, I will have a problem with people there. If I see you with a chest of boot and uh, pin 
and uh you know bernie i don't understand that but and then some blm pins and i'm like what the hell i, I can't be a part of i might agree with one thing uh you guys are doing but uh i'm gonna start getting upset at the other people here yeah yeah uh, you know like i think that like a lot of people in san francisco have um how do i explain this is they they want to do the right thing you know they want to feel like they're making a difference uh and uh they feel like that by voting for politicians like chase bodine horrible they guy can somehow man. karmically absolve themselves of all the sins of their ancestors what they may or may not have done against people of color but the reality is uh that that doesn't really do anything at all it's just it's all a good thing to make yourself feel better without actually doing anything better wow why do white people feel that way it's, it, uh, well it it's a lot of white guilt really yeah gosh that is and then and then you get the certain white people that don't like it so they build something like whiteguilt.org i'm just like common sense i mean you yeah if, if you want to even if you want to yeah that kind of guilt is weird to me look at it the is. picture and join in and and do something like I think one of the things you pride yourself on is being a community leader. Start being in your community helping. Right. I see you know uh, 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 Lena and uh, Rob Lowe. Uh, uh, yeah, I know uh, Leanna Louie. Le um, Leanna Louie, Rob, yeah. I don't really know him. I think I may have met him. Well, I met her first and then in him. Uh, oh, the husband, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I still that, that yeah. tight. Uh, well, I, I met them. I yeah, they seem pretty good together, and uh, that's what I like about uh, the Asian community uh, is they they seem to have community mm -hmm. at least, yeah. and they wanna they wanna do something about it. they wanna work with uh, the police and the politicians. So you, from that, you could see who's against uh, community working with you, know, like like Chess uh, right there. I mean, he ain't trying to. He ain't. So here, here's one thing that I've kind of noticed about. Um, uh, people like Leanna Louie, who I've attended several protests with against Chase Bodine, and maybe some of the more democratic, socialist, progressive um, uh, factions of uh, you know people, people in politics, is uh, you know the, the the far far left seems intent on tearing down society and remaking it in its own image. Because they thrive on it in a way. Yeah, and if you even like read some of the past tweets from the. Democratic Socialists of America, San Francisco chapter, they want to like basically tear down the system. That, that's a common theme. Tear down the system and remake it into yeah. a more equitable kind of whatever. You know, some kind of utopia with, uh, you know, candy cane trees and chocolate rivers and happy dwarves. But that's not really the reality, you know? Whereas people who, um, you know, like Leanna Louie are kind of more like, let's you know, we're not going to tear down anything. You know, this is our society. Let's try to get everybody yeah. on board and make it better and have more of a unifying message. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, community. Just like how we we don't, like, it seems, uh, well, I mean, they want to make uh, a linkage center so people could do drugs indoors. Which oh. I, I was, uh, oh. I have to admit, I was very, um, uh, you know, we had a meeting in our organization, West of Twin Peaks Central Council, with London Breed, and I was very optimistic. I was optimistic that she would 
oh, yeah, crack down on, on the tenderloin drug scene and and make it better. But you know, I don't know. With the drugs in the linkage center being allowed, that's kind of a see. That's how, that's how you can tell someone's just not against everybody. When uh, yeah, I see that you, you like some of the way Lennon Breed was saying things, <laughs> and you had hope. See, that's how you can tell these these people. We're not against these politicians. We we would like them to do better. Yeah, yeah, and because I could tell they like it's not like they uh they're not set out to have feelings for us, you know. But but it's the better for you would think it would be better for them to to want better for the communities. You would of, think so. You would think so. I mean, okay. So and, and I I think crime like uh the the reason her her head clicked was like uh oh my funds. Uh, well, that's exactly that's what too happened. Noticeable. That's exactly like exactly what happened. Uh, so, uh, a couple months ago, uh, me and a, and a buddy we uh, brought some coffee to the cops in the in um, yeah. Union Square, and uh, the uh, central station on uh, Vallejo up there, in North Beach, just to kind of say thank you for you know uh, doing your job and and uh, helping to make um, you know downtown and a lot of uh, touristy areas uh, safer. And I got to talking to one of the cops there at Union Square. And I asked him like, why, what, what is the big deal about Union Square? Why Union Square? Why are there so many cops down here? And one of them said, and I, I can't really back this up with an actual stat, but this is what he told okay. me. But I, I have every reason to, to believe it's pretty close to true. And I've actually heard this being echoed by other people as well is, Basically, the uh, the Union Square uh, and vicinity uh, shop owners got, you know, got to London Breed and said, "If you don't fix this crap, what's going on right now with the looting and all that and the crime, we're going to find a new mayor who can fix this." And it's the true, other thing yeah. too is, uh, so there was that, and there's also like I heard a stat, which I, I again I can't verify, but thirty to thirty-five percent of all sales tax revenue for the city comes from Union Square and vicinity. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they need to grow up, the politicians. Like, we're talking about we have grown man up, children I mean, right now in, po in politics, unfortunately. And, and, and I've said this and before. Because I hear them speak, and uh, <laughs> uh, certain people are better at speaking. Uh, like Leonard Reed is horrible. I mean, because uh, 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 the whole, when, when she got caught, she went to the party without a mask. Her backup was a way of saying... Uh, uh, you know, I like I was, to have fun. Like, I was, yeah, like, I do what too. The hell? Without my mask on. Come on, just you know. At least humor me. I want my politicians humor me. It was that uh, that guy that got caught at the with Newsom and uh, the Garcetti guy uh, with with a uh, mask. I think it was. Uh, was that at the um, the the game? Him and uh, last, Newsom at, at and Stadium, or well, was the that guy that said. Uh, I held my breath to take the picture. Like, come on, man! At least, no, you, yeah. Don't at least humor me. Don't don't make me feel like, yeah, I'm I'm stupid here. Come on, right, right. I want you to feel. I, I want to feel like you're more educated than me. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I want to feel like. Or it's like either have the mandates or don't. You know. Yeah, I'd hate to be a kid in school trying to see the teacher pronounce something. I'm like, uh, what do you say? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so this is something that, that I have a hard time discussing with people. This is why I kind of want to drop the show and uh, have a combo instead of having all the just musicians I have to fill time. Um, uh, a combo like police. Because mm -hmm. uh, you don't believe in defund. No, uh, and that's, never did. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. Uh, so both sides are like, uh, 
you decide defund, and then you get uh, more conservatives that are like, love the police. And I don't think either side does anything, so this is a good combo because uh, I feel like either side is, is there a solution? I mean, because I would love everyone to love the police. And uh, yes, I've been through a lot of problems with police, but I never hate them because I, I look at it like there needs to be a, a solution. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, it's like the, the, the Floyd thing. That cop was wrong. But then obviously they used that to a different advantage. And right. there was a lot of unwrong cops after that. But like, yeah, it, that cop, something should have happened a while ago because uh, he's had so many write ups. And so, I mean, how how could we make everyone just love the police? Uh, 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 it's like, I, I, okay, I've gotten pulled over plenty of times just for being out late at night. And then it's, oh, this guy seems to know what I'm on, even though I'm not on anything. I'm going away for uh, 14 hours, taking a little trip to the clink. I mean, you know, and I've had times, where, yeah, I've had some uh, really bad times where, uh, you know, going to do another overnight uh what am i going to be accused of so it is there are and i think the people that love the police uh they they just don't seem to make sense because uh i mean no it's just love with no like reasoning and like you you say you go out there and uh, you support there's support and then there's just love for no reason like all right like this for example this is what i see all the time uh for the, the just overly love on twitter i see i get pulled over and uh i i i don't fear at all i love getting pulled over. i'm like serious this is where we at you love getting nobody pulled likes over? getting pulled over yeah yeah see see even, this is common sense you support and you don't and, and and you know common sense i mean my mom gets nervous when she gets pulled over and she waves at police yeah <laughs> you know how how could we uh, i mean yeah how can we get and how can we solve the, the police issue? I feel like there's just people not, uh, they don't want to listen uh, to the common sense out there. Yeah. And instead they want to watch the world just go crazy at police. Because I do feel like we need police. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I, so especially right now, I felt like there was so much, it was like, we got we got a police issue. We got to solve the issue. And now it's like, well, geez, now you guys make it so we need police more than ever. You're kind of restricting everything they should be doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> our, our SFPD is one of the most diverse police departments. I actually like in, the SFPD. In, yeah. in the country. So that, that's important to know. I think we have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, Asian, uh, a lot of, Officers who speak uh, Cantonese uh, and uh, Spanish and and uh, even Russian too, from what I understand, it, we we have the the ability to establish contact with a lot of different communities, which is huge. Yeah. Because one of the biggest uh, uh, ways to resolve conflict is to establish clear passive communication, and if you can talk with your uh, constituents, then that goes a long way towards. Uh, make that very clear very, the other thing too yeah. is uh, I think we are a, a pretty progressive uh, we do have a pretty progressive police department that has sought to alleviate and avoid a lot of the issues that other departments have 
like a George Floyd thing. I don't think that would happen. I don't. I hope that would not. Oh happen. no. Yeah, it, it it wouldn't. But then, uh, no, they. I think they out here they just restrict. Uh, SF has been way too uh, soft, I, I believe. Uh, I, it, just, I feel like SF, uh, San Jose's got a lot more police. Yeah. Uh, to where I'm like, there's just, there's a lot. Yeah. And then SF, when I look at SF, I'm like, I actually have a different feeling where it's like, yeah, we got a lot of police, but they're actually they're they're pretty they're pretty cool. I've never You're not gonna like I've yeah. never felt I've, a bad, I've never really had a bad experience. Yeah, I never had a bad vibe out over, here. And I've never really had a bad experience. I feel like the police actually want to do a job out here, <laughs> and uh, there you have to be. Uh, there's too many feelings. There's too many. Oh, they might have. Uh, this person has issues. You know. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I got a smash and grab right out here, a block down from here. Uh, these guys ran up on me. Mm -hmm. I was getting out of my car, mm -hmm. and they took it as an opportunity to come up to me, uh, steal all my st stuff, and uh, push me around. And yeah, I, I, so, I don't know, the mindset in me. But uh, let me was give you a couple of, of things. Um, what, what I love is the cop stayed with me. He stayed yeah. with me. That's yeah. what they do out here. Well, let me. I'll tell you one more thing, uh, and then uh, I can kind of talk more about that is smashing grabs right let's get not smashing well yeah that's get but, rid of all these smash and grab thugs yeah yeah well there we um, go all right i <laughs> there's so much i can say about that um but you know i i just want to like say that like uh i worked i'm a, I'm a firefighter i usually work in the uh the uh hunters point bayview district at at station 17 and uh but sometimes i get detailed yeah. to go to other stations and uh, about two months ago, I got detailed to go to station 36, 109 uh, Oak Street. It's the third busiest station uh, in San Francisco, shop, fire station. And uh, I, I drove the engine that day, and we ran about 20 to 25 calls. Uh, half of them, maybe even more, were uh, overdoses, were drug overdoses. Mm. And most of the time when we got there, uh, the, uh, the patient was already uh, off their high. Somebody gave them Narcan. Narcan, which is the uh, the antagonist yeah. to uh, to fentanyl and other. Yeah, I've, I've had it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen it as like a little spray thing. And uh, I, I asked the person who um, you know who gave you the Narcan. Oh, the cops did, or some security guy did. The cops are actually saving a lot of lives right now uh, in the Tenderloin and other areas that are being overrun by by uh, opioids because they're carrying. Narcan, and they're reversing the overdoses of uh, a lot of uh, uh, people who've done drugs, who have OD'd. And our, our numbers have gone down in 2021 from the overdose deaths like yeah. from the previous year. I think 2020 we had 700. This last year we had 650. If it wasn't for the cops down there, that number would be way higher. We need more appreciation for the good cops. Yeah, exactly. I mean I think you rub out the the bad ones, and it's like okay, there's not the problem isn't defund. The problem is well, I, and I understand people things get to their heads. I think if I was a cop, I could imagine all the mental breakdown. I'm be having to say maybe I need to uh, just go to a desk for a while. Yeah, you and, know, and not be is, walking the streets. Yeah, you know? um, a lot of public safety workers uh, have been uh, very. A lot of them are overworked. You know, 
we in the fire department right now are going through a staffing shortage where we're working a lot of overtime shifts. The cops are the same way. At least 12 hours, I believe, with, with no cops. Yeah. yeah, and it's just a human nature fact that if the more you work and the more exhausted you are, the you're not going to be at the top of your decision-making game. Yeah. You know, it's a lot harder for me. Uh, you know, I've been driving the truck a lot lately at Station 17. Uh, it's a lot harder for me to like wake up at 3 a.m., get downstairs, hop in the truck, and and figure out like what the hell is going on versus me doing it at 3 p.m. Yeah, you who, know what I mean. Who knows if you had your coffee that uh, at that time? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and the cops are the same way. They've been overworked, understaffed, and they just that that causes a whole wave of second and third order, order effects. Yeah, that's why I can't hate the police because, yeah. uh, like, well, I mean, just like the people that do hate the police. What are you going to do for me? I mean, if I was in trouble, would you, would you, police hater, come and help me? Like, uh, those, those cops that uh, they wanted out of that restaurant over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, would you do some help me if I was in trouble? Uh, I mean, the, at least the cop, you know, they, they would probably do more than you would to try and save me. You just, you, you just want to hate someone. I, someone told you it's cool to hate. I, I guess. Yeah, it's it's kind of become a uh, like a like a cool thing to say defund the police. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of thought behind that. You you got people steal from my store and then they uh, the police come and then they, they go, don't shoot, don't shoot. Uh, it was that they were saying for a while. Uh, hands up, hands don't up, shoot. Don't, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. So here's here's my <laughs> my uh, big thing that I always I've had this argument multiple times like we need to you know defund the police and have more community community involved uh, self-policing and I'm like okay well what does that mean exactly yeah. so you're gonna you're gonna take out a professionally trained law enforcement organization from the community and replace them with what a, a bunch of amateurs I've talked that's, to these that's people, even less safe if they actually want uh social worker along with the cop in the car that, like, that's who's going to protect I'm, the social worker i'm all i'm all for for trying that but yeah. uh i'll tell you that like when people are under the influence of drugs uh no amount of um social work is going to make that situation safer if they're on drugs because they're crazy i i myself have been attacked by a person that was on drugs i got bit by a guy that was on hmm. drugs you know, and um, there was no talking him down. I, how so. do you? I, so, I mean, with zero tolerance, um, I'm with you. And, and how do you feel about forced rehab, forced mental health care? Because, uh, I mean, you, you're uh, you're living on the streets. You're defecating on the street. I know people that are uh, living in San Francisco. Uh, in natives been here for a long time they want to just get their hose out and spray down the people all off the block i, I mean you're 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 just trashing up the streets i'd love to make sf great again what, what do you think about forced rehab and forced mental health care i mean we we, we kind of have to here, yeah, here's okay. the way I look there at we it. go yeah we, we here's the way i look at it okay so as a as an EMT, if there is a person that's having a medical emergency and they are 
uh, not mentally competent, like they can't answer who they are, where they are, what happened to them, or, or what year it yeah. is. If they can't answer those four questions, or if they're a kid under 18, they're going to the hospital, and that's not a choice. It's so you got to do that anyway, it's, yeah. It's, we operate under the, uh, the um, policy of implied consent. Like, what would a normal person do in your situation? They would want to go to the hospital. If you have your arm, if your arm is cut off, and uh, you know you're walking around in a daze, not knowing anything and who you are and where you are, and you say, "No, nah, I'm good. It's just a scratch." You know, <laughs> I'll, I won't go to the hospital. It's like, no, you're going to the hospital. Yeah, I mean that is something uh, medical professionals do. They we we do it already in in yeah. that situation. Yeah. Now, if you're a person who is defecating on themselves, uh, walking around with your pants off on uh, Division Street, yelling at cars and throwing rocks You're not all there, yeah. What, what is the difference, really? Why do we let them, that person, be to his own devices versus uh, and not the person who uh, had a medical emergency and is doing the same thing? You know? That's, I mean, that's... That, that, is, that is, by doing that, basically, it's, to me it's the same as a person that's on the... Uh, that, the railing of a Golden Gate Bridge about to jump off. That's where I do feel like the whole liberalism is a mental disorder because it's like that's what the thought process is and uh, conservatives are supposed to, uh, we're, we're the bad guys uh, because we don't, uh, we don't want them just to run around like that. I mean, I think it's more inhumane to, what's the thought process to go? It's it's inhumane to want to force. No, it's inhumane to let these people just be like that. I mean, yeah. they're when it comes to freedom and their choice, uh, they don't even know their choice. At they don't the even time. know their choice. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a condition. I think it's called anosognosia, or I don't know the I can't remember the word exactly how it is, but mm -hmm. it's a condition mm -hmm. that sounds like that. It's the, the, the denial shows. Oh, okay, I may have said it wrong. Well, I mean, Google maybe will just lead yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, but it's a denial, basically, if I understand correctly, it's a denial that you have a problem even when you're having a, a very serious problem. And it's a condition of, like, drug addiction of, uh, um, yeah, I think it's drug, drug addiction mainly. It's like you, got, you talk to a guy who's got sores all over his body, who's yeah. doing meth and fentanyl and heroin, and he's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's like, no, you're not okay. Your leg's about to fall off. Yeah. Gangrene. I, yeah, I think the you're difference... You're not okay. You know, I mean... So, uh, yeah, I haven't been very good talking to police when I get pulled over. I think that is maybe a, a reason that I, I've, I've had some some issues. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to treat these people like like they're criminals. Not just just yeah, put them in a in a place, force them in their it, into a. They do do we we don't have a place for them right right now. Right? I mean, I f I feel like there's so many. When when there comes with solutions, the reason things don't get accomplished is because uh, is there, there the plan costs money, and then when the plan, when it comes down to act, they're like, hey, well, we already exchanged the money our, and the politics. Is what yeah, it is. I mean, there's and when it it ends, it's like, well, we got no solution now. We already shook hands and exchanged the money with. Yeah, <laughs> and you have people who are very much against uh, the idea of forced treatment and, uh, and all yeah. that because it's like, well, you're going to violate their civil rights. It's like, this person right now is going to die. You know, drug, drug users will die if you don't intervene. And uh, I've seen it. I, the show I, I 
so for uh, about five years, I was in the Tenderloin at the Odd Fellows, and uh, right in front of the door, I've seen at least two people die. And right in front of the door, I've had like walk over their body, and I was like, oh crap, did that person just die? Yeah. Uh, and I'm just not sure because some of them just look dead, mm-hmm. and they, and they tweak out for a little bit, and they wake right on up. Yeah, and I it's mean, a very very chilling feeling to to see that. Like, yeah, to see. And it's somebody to see who that was alive moments before and is now dead. And if you could be desensitized to that, it's not good either. No. Uh, I mean, how, how is it okay just to let all these people... I mean, I, and you see the people that move out here just run by all this stuff and it becomes a normal thing. Yeah. And, and now when... Well, now when I... Actually, I was still out there uh, doing the show during uh, the riots and all that. And... Yeah, now, so I've always seen all the, well, I'm talking about uh, 7th Street. So, I mean, it's not as bad as 6th, but uh, I see all the craziness and naked people, even chasing chasing women with their penises out and, uh, you know, tweaking up with the needles still in there, just hanging. Was, you see all the crazy stuff, defecating, and, and then, uh, well, now uh, you had the riots, so you still had those people, but now you got nothing existing on Market Street anymore because... Because they just bashed all the windows, and then, and then there was the COVID, and then well, smash and grabs. But so the riot with the smash and grabs, because we had, uh, you know, during um, uh, the, the pandemic, there was the the we had the, the riots out here, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, now we already have the smash and grabs never stopped. No, I never stopped. And, and so no, businesses don't even exist on Market Street anymore. No, it's it's bad. And the thing is. Um, our our industry, our our economy is a tourist economy. That's and and you know Silicon Valley too. There's a little bit of bleed over from that. But yeah, the fact is, if uh, people see these images all across the country, they do. You know, on Fox News or CNN News or MSNBC or whatever it is, and their idea of San Francisco is what they see on the news. And if they see the 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 drug users sprawled all across the subway BART station. And all the smash and grabs and all that stuff, they're not going to come here, and we're going to be losing a, a a ton of money. Oh yeah, that means I, reduced services, reduced uh, everything. I, mean, I don't know. You've been to Fisherman's Wharf. Like, last time I was there, though, I, after all the craziness, I used to drive by. Ain't nobody trying to go out there. It, 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 it looks like it's it's been dead for a while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I but I remember back in the day. I mean, it's always been craziness out here but it was it was fun crazy let's go to the city it's craziness you know you're the bush guy yeah the bush guy yeah and, and, and i mean yeah it was, it was wild and it it, it seemed like it, 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 it you could say hey that that's a tourist tourist over there you, you look at his camera look, look at the way they're dressed mm-hmm. people don't want to come here anymore it, it became uh california's that fun place to go and now it's the place people don't want to go. No, and it's not. It's and not just like uh, San Francisco. It's uh, Los Angeles. It's oh yeah, Sacramento. It's San Diego. Up and down the entire California. It's it's become very. Uh, I mean, people are leaving California. You know, we've actually we've been a state ever since uh, 1850, and every year we've had population growth, but these last few years was the first time in our history where we actually lost people. More people used to live in California in 2019 or 2018 than now. 
that's that's a that's a big thing, you know. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, we're we're joining the the ranks of the Rust Belt states. Hey, with the, the whole uh, mandate, there was a the way they uh, we handled the pandemic was horrible. Yeah. Like, I already know what we we've been through, and uh, the costs going up. You always want to shut it all down, like yeah, that makes no sense. That's that's like, uh, I mean, looking back on it, um, when the pandemic first came around, there was a lot of unknowns about it. So maybe that was the prudent course of action at that time. But the more we learned about it, uh, when we learned about the COVID disease, yeah, I felt like we could have undid some of those things, uh, those uh, you know uh, shutdowns we did. Like they were shutting down playgrounds, they were shutting down beaches. It's like that's actually the best place to be outside, not congregated inside indoors. We are extremely, you know, we stop being so soft. I, I mean, uh, I remember when we had tsunami out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who who got hurt? Uh, nobody. I mean, if you're Pacifica and you realize, dang, this place probably shouldn't have been built this way. Uh, to where I could just be washed away by these little waves. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I was out there learning both tsunamis. <laughs> and it's like, what is happening here? Nothing, really. I mean, why is it? I feel like we're the place that every, everyone probably looks at and goes, what are they complaining about? Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. We have it a lot worse. So there, there's a, uh, I don't know, I'm going to screw this up, but it's something like... There we go, okay. Uh, uh, adversity leads to hard work, hard work leads to success, success, success leads to extravagance, extravagance leads to laziness and complacency, and laziness and complacency lead to uh, um, worse situations and adversity, and then adversity leads to hard work. It all goes in the cycle. We, we don't reward hard work, do we? Uh, I don't think we do. I mean, with the uh, the whole the school board thing and you know the Lowell getting rid of merit based admissions, you know, it's like let's be real. Uh, some students are more gifted than others, and they should have a place to go where they can challenge each other. Maybe not. Not everyone's uh, strong points are in you know academics. Maybe some. Student strong points are more in you know mechanics or or like the trades. Those are great jobs as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've talked to people who work in the trades, and they're saying we need welders, we need carpenters, uh, we need cement masons, elevator mechanics, electricians. We can't hire enough because everybody wants to go to college and get a, a liberal arts degree, as if that's the key to success. But the thing is. Education doesn't need to come in the form of a college degree. It can come in the form of a uh, completion of a four-year apprenticeship. Yeah. And, and those are great skills to have as well. You know, I, I worked in the trades myself. And, uh, you know, being a welder, if you can weld, I mean, you're never going to be out of work again. No, I mean, there's always a, uh, there's always a place for the, the trade skills. Every single uh, trade, plumbing, uh, welding, yeah. pipe fitter, yeah. there's always a use for that. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I think we've kind of had this idea that that's beneath, you know, some people. Like, oh, that's beneath me. I'm, you know, I'm, well, I'm, is, I'm a better person than that. It is well, if you're out 